0: Welcome to the Healing Dreams Project, exploring projective dream work for your health and wholeness. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad you're joining us. I am very excited to introduce our special guest today, Billy Ortiz. Billy Ortiz is a certified dream worker with two decades of experience creating and facilitating dream groups, workshops, and retreats. Her appreciation of metaphor and symbol expands her work to the realm of myth and fairy tale, helping guide dreamers to a deeper understanding of the profound archetypal messages of their dreams. Certified with Dr. Jeremy Taylor's Marin Institute for Projective Dreamwork, she worked closely with Dr. Jeremy Taylor, co-facilitating a total of 27 retreats from 2003 until 2015. She's presented workshops at renowned organizations such as the International Association for the Study of Dreams, IASD, Saging International, Boulder Friends of Jung, and Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. So, Billy, it is a great pleasure to have you joining us today. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Kelly. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you. So, why don't we start off with a little bit of how you came into being a dream worker? How did this become something really important to you in your life?
1: Well, this is the story I love to tell. I was um I was binge watching um on one of the educational state stations here in, in the Denver area, uh Joseph Campbell lectures. And in one of Joseph Campbell's lectures, he he commented um when you reach the age of 35, you reach the middle of your life, no matter how long you're going to live. And I was about to turn 35. So I went, it hit me like this thunderbolt. And I thought, what do I do now? (laughs) So I started um, going out researching different classes and different um, trainings. And through my bumbling through all of this, I found a man named Dr. Ron Mesa and he invited me. Uh, I joined one of his actually a class, about the I Ching. And then later, when that class was over, he said, Billy, I have this class about dreams, and you might be interested. And I thought, I've always thought dreams were kind of fascinating. You know, let's give this a go. <laughs> and I ended up joining his groups and was there every Tuesday night for about five years. And then Ron and I built a business together. And this was way before Zoom and way before the internet was very young. It was like mid 90s. And um so we did a lot of work over telephone bridge lines if you remember those. Those big we used to have a lot of teleclasses. Do you remember those days? <laughs> I do.
0: I do. It seems like another universe ago, but yeah, thank God for right. Zoom.
1: <laughs> and there was a lot of, you know, coaching and and teaching and all kinds of things. So we we started what I had a dream called a telephone dream service. So we started the TeleDream group. And we actually were able to um, connect people from all over the country. But of course we couldn't see each other. So there was a lot of talking over top and, but we still did some amazing work and, um, it was really great. And I just, things just grew from there and grew from there. And all this time, uh, Ron Mesa had asked me, he said, you know, if you really want to learn about dreams, you should read the books of Jeremy Taylor. And I said, Oh, okay. So I'm reading, I got really involved in the, in the books. Just thought, man, it feels like this man is talking to me. I love everything he's saying about dreams because I already had experienced the power of dreams. Um so then one day I was uh out in Boulder and Naropa University had put out just put out their catalog. I opened the catalog to to the page of Jeremy's picture and he was going to be <laughs> he was going to be uh in Boulder Colorado live and in person and I thought I was stunned I thought oh my goodness this man I've been reading all these months and years, actually, um, he's going to be here. So I signed up for the course and, and uh, that was in 2000. And ever since then, I've just, and then i worked with Jeremy for a total of like 18 years from 2000 until his death, untimely death in, uh, in 2018. So anyway, that's my story. And, and now I do dream work pretty much almost every day.
0: Wow. So Jeremy kind of coined the term, at least I think he did, I, I credit him, the projective dream work. And mm-hmm. um, I know that's something that's important, an important part of your work. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? What is projective dream work?
1: Yeah, well, actually, I think Montague Ullman was the first person to coin that phrase, if it were my dream, mm. um, which is is the Montague Ullman method I know a lot of people really uh, stand by it and think it's it. And it's a powerful method. Um, so Montego Ullman has, but it's a much more rigid method of how to, when to ask questions and when to make the projections and when to not and all that. So this is a more free form version of it. Um, and Jeremy used to say, he liked the term in my imagined version of your dream,
0: mm. because
1: once we hear someone's dream, we have no choice but to imagine a version of it for ourselves. So it activates the imagination, and we see it in our mind's eye, and we can enter the dream that way. So so the projective method is based on being able to continuously own our projections, and that way the dreamer can either take it or leave it. So if I said to you, Kelly, I think this dream might have, you know, what if I said, Kelly, this dream has something to do with your relationship with your mother, and then the you, you, you <laughs> <laughs> becomes, you know, accusatory, and immediately mm. the dreamer wants to shut down, but if I said, to Kelly, this, in my imagined version of this dream, it might have something to do with my relationship with my mother, so you're invited as the dreamer to either take that or leave it, and, but I hear myself saying it, so therefore it goes both ways. And right. that, that's right. why the projective method is so powerful.
0: I love that. And I remember hearing um, Dr. Jeremy Taylor say something about, he was answering a question about, well, when do you know you're projecting or when you aren't? And he said, if you're alive and you're breathing, you're probably a hundred percent projecting. <laughs> How would you it. answer I mean- that question? What do you think about that?
1: I would say exactly the same. I would say, you know, we we're always projecting. The only ch- choice we have is to catch ourselves in the process of doing it. It's right. where all the it's where all the isms come from. Racism, sexism, ageism, all those things are based on projection because I don't see I want to see something in somebody else rather than see it in myself. So I project it out. But the but the only way that we can become whole is by pulling that projection back and saying, right. you know, this really belongs to me. It just looks different because I want it to look as though it's in somebody else's uh, form and shape. And that's you know, so that's why dreams are 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 valuable because they often show us those characters that hold those shadow qualities that really are very valuable.
0: It feels like it. It also implies that. Everything that we could hear or see or listen to, it's within us. It's there's nothing intrinsically external to us. It feels like this projective way of doing dream work is ultimately empowering to both the dreamer and the person in the dream group that's just that's just listening.
1: It's a very psycho spiritual practice because it's. Con- I'm constantly seeing what do I. I'm making this I'm making this comment this comment is a projection owning it as a projection and saying to myself, wait a minute, where does that live in me? where right. you know I'm, I'm encountering an angry, angry person I'm noticing how angry they are and they're over the top angry and I think to myself, wow, this person is so angry you know I, well and then I have to think, oh wait where do I feel angry right now? Why would this be in my awareness at the moment?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, that's so important. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you have six basic hints for dream work. I love the way you word that they're hints. They're not tools. They're not, you must do this commandments. They're hints. So what are these six basic hints for dream work that you use?
1: This was what Jeremy Taylor called the toolkit. And um, he and he gave it the term, the six basic hints for dream work. And I'm going to use my little cheat card just so I don't lose track. And I want to see on, I guess otherwise I'll jump around and I'm mm-hmm. a bit like that. I'm a little like distracted.
0: Kind of like a dreamer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> squirrel, <Yeah>. squirrel. <laughs> so I have to kind of keep my finger here. And so make sure that I've covered that one. Um, they... He, it, over the years, uh, I mean, I read Jeremy's first book, uh, which was published way back in the nineteen eighty. The original mm-hmm. was called Dreamwork, and in that book, if you can get a copy of it, it might be harder to find now. But he um, he had it. He had the the, the suggestions for Dreamwork that went on for like two and a half pages. So I'm really <laughs> glad. <laughs> over the years, you know, he he boiled it down and he condensed it down to this precise toolkit so that's why i wanted to share it in our talk today because it's really important about how it it encompasses what why dreams are important so the very first one is all dreams speak a universal language and come in the service of health and wholeness and there is no such thing as a bad dream only dreams that come in with a seemingly negative tone and this is the 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 most encompassing piece of it is that we all dream similar, we all dream similar symbols and metaphors. And I've discovered this even more now during the pandemic years when I had mm. to switch from in person um, dream groups to Zoom uh, exclusively. And people from all over the world have started connecting with me. I mean, it's been really remarkable. And now I get to see people from Ireland and France and Italy, and they all dream similar themes. And it's like, isn't this, isn't this remarkable? Because, you know, I'm used to the the themes of, oh, I, I've lost the baby or I don't remember who the baby is or who, did I have a baby?
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> Who's baby is it? Oops, there's a baby, <laughs> right.
1: And then there's the classic, you know, I, I've lost my luggage. I've lost my purse. I've lost my wallet. I lost my car. All those kind of things. Uh, themes around identity and, and who I am. As, I mean, that's my quickie version of what those might mean is that if I lose my person, in the dream, is it, is it an invitation to drop my old identity and become someone totally different?
0: Ooh, um, interesting.
1: Often what happens in those dreams is I have to, and as a dreamer, I have to go around and ask people a lot of questions and ask a lot of directions. So it's like this hero's journey quest to find the new me so there's um
0: oh I love that frame about a dream like that because it can be so unsettling and somebody might feel so bad about themselves having a dream like that but when you contextualize it like you're being propelled onto your hero's journey this dream might be marking an initiation it's like oh well that's another frame for how to look mm-hmm. at that there's it's so much about the way you the this notion of Looking at your dreams from this first basic hint perspective about there being this innate health and wholeness element of the dream, Night. I love that.
1: Aspect. So especially with nightmares that can come. Yeah, because nightmares. People go, "What is this going? What's you know? Why are my dreams torturing me?" And uh, the catchphrase that Jeremy often gave, which I just love, he says, "You know, a nightmare comes." In order to wake, tell us to wake up and pay attention, there's a survival issue at stake. And, and there's, we so frequently forget our dreams that to, to have the the dream wake us up in a, in a nightmarish fashion, we, we have no choice, but to remember it. So it's, so it's, it's, um, but I have to always come back to that understanding of the dream is help trying to help me heal and help me become more whole.
0: That's a great and, and positive frame that, that I think if people hear nothing else in this entire summit (laughs) that could change their lives, I think a lot of us are having those kinds of dreams and we need to know they're, they're speaking to us from a empower, they're trying to empower us. They're not trying to hurt us or torture us. Okay. So what's the second basic hint in the toolbox?
1: And it, this one's the classic. It's like only a dreamer can say for sur- any with any certainty what his or her dreams may have. And this certainty usually comes in the form of a wordless aha of recognition. Mm. And it's the only reliable touchstone of, of dream work. So, so the dreamer really has the final word. I mean, I can say 10,000 things about someone's dream. But if, right, and have a group of a hundred. No, I don't have a group so speak But if I have a group of thirty-five people, and thirty-five people there have said thirty-five different things about this person's dream. Now that means it's true for them. But the dreamer gets to choose what resonates for them or not, and and so ultimately they get the final word. And so it, there's nothing more pointless than than arguing with somebody about what their dream might mean.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. And it so takes it out of that disempowerment of like kind of calling the psychic to say, what should I do with my life? Who am I? What does this mean? And somebody else having the authority. This is always empowering the dreamer. You have the ultimate authority. This is about you.
1: It comes from your unconscious. It's filmed live and in person in your own psyche. It's it's about you as as the dreamer is about me as a dreamer. So, you know, and we are invited to join in when, when we're in a group, sh- a dream sharing situation uh, scenario, we get to imagine ourselves in this dream, but ultimately it's the dreamer who gets the final word.
0: So. Right. Right. Love that. That's great. Okay. What's the third one? Third okay, tool it, in the toolkit.
1: There is no such thing as a dream with only one meaning and all dreams and images are overdetermined and have multiple, li- meanings and layers of significance. And I like to say, multi-layered, multi-dimensional, because every single time I've worked a dream, there are so many different, I mean, there's one track that we can go with and say, oh, yeah, this is about my right livelihood in the world. This is about my relationship health. This is about my physical health, you know, all of, but all of those can be happening at the same time. And I would even add to it, it's about past, present, and future simultaneously. And it's also about my ancestral line. It's about my lineage into the future. It's there, It's outside of time and space. And they have so much wisdom and depth. We can never exhaust them.
0: Never even just a dream with that's just like a one syllable one one um symbol dream or one syllable of a symbol dream we can unpack that for a lifetime
1: right yeah and right and that's you know and I'm glad you said for a lifetime because you know the dreams don't really have an expiration date according to right. my, my version. Of it. You know, if if I still feel an emotional charge and I still remember bar- parts of the dream, I would recommend always going back and working on it. I have some dreams I've worked y- over years and and in many different modalities to to see so many different versions of it. I mean, I've I've worked a lot with people who um, do a form of dream ther- uh, theater, and um, that's real. That's always really powerful to to take it out of just the talking method and and or or create something from your dream Uh, a sculpture of a drawing a a painting of a collage whatever feels right and then it gives a whole nother texture to the dream
0: oh that's great okay so let's see what's the the fourth tool in the toolbox toolkit
1: Yeah, this one was the one that was so hard for me to get. And so, I mean, it was like I had to go over and over. So no dreams come just to tell you what you already know. All dreams break new ground and invite you to new understanding and insights. And um, I love that. It's it's typical for us to want to say, oh, this dream is about that. You know, I know it's about an example I used the other day was, Somebody said, you know, my dream, my dream is I I wake up, it's really dark and stormy and, and uh, it's raining and, and I, you know, I just don't even feel like getting out of bed and see my dreams are coming to tell me that I'm depressed. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, maybe I could be depressed. But why would the dream come to tell me to just remind me of that? I mean, the dream Mm -hmm. has to be breaking new ground, giving Mm -hmm. me some opportunity to find another solution, another possible new insight that I hadn't thought of before. And so with that particular dream, you know, maybe there's, there's something about going out and letting the rain just wash over me for a while and, and feel the, the, the softness of my hair when I come out of the rainwater, you know, those kind of things, there's an invitation to do something different than what I've done before, because we, I mean, that's one of the subtitles I like to say to most dreams is, um, break free of our conventional ways of doing things. That's Oof. really important.
0: Oh God, that's so good. It's so important. Like just as you were saying this about this dream, about the, about the storm, it's like there could also be the oh, okay, I'm having a stormy moment, but storms come and go. They have a beginning, middle and end. And often things are cleansed. The environment is purified. There's something that gets to move out as a result of it. So there's there's that element too we can keep looking for i love the notion that it's not just telling us what we already know why would it waste mm-hmm. its time that's
1: <laughs> this this infinite source of wisdom and 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 can show me any symbol and that it wishes to it's infinite it goes beyond you know our our human mind so they, so yeah, why would the dream come to tell me, oh right, I'm I'm depressed. It it well, it might remind me of the fact that I'm depressed, but it also might help me to realize, you know, there's there's ways to break free of this. And some of the ones we just you just mentioned, you know, it, it's a cleansing, it, it's not gonna last forever. There's right. a sense of there's a sense of nurturing that nourishes the earth. And like I said, what if, what if I'm invited to go out and step out into the rain and feel right. the, the power of the, of the raindrops all over and, and feel that feeling of you know, psychic cleansing in, in, the, in, the, in the rainstorm? This so there's, is so special. Just, we just need to, to go past the obvious and look for what is the dream trying to tell me.
0: Let's go past the obvious. Whew, very good. Okay. So what's the fifth tool in the toolbox?
1: All right, so this is this is what I toolkit. spend a lot. Of, yeah, that's all right. Toolbox, toolkit works the same. Um, so when we talk to people, you know, when talking to others about their dreams, it's both wise and polite to preface your remarks with words to the effects of, if this were my dream or in my imagined version of the dream, and to keep the commentaries in the first person as much as possible. And this means that even relatively challenging comments can be made in such a way that the dreamer may actually be able to hear and internalize them. It can, it can become a profound psychospiritual discipline, walking a mile in my neighbor's shoes and moccasins. And I included that, that in my description because that's really what keeps me going with this work. It, if, we can, if I can imagine, truly imagine being someone else, then I can have compassion for them. If I, if I cannot imagine being someone else, I will never be able to have compassion. So this is why it becomes a psycho-spiritual discipline. It, what we're experiencing right now with the war in Ukraine. I mean, I I keep getting, seeing these pictures of these little children uh, singing songs and, Mm -hmm. and uh, carrying flags and, and you know marching across the border and they're so resilient and they can they're still re- maintaining their childlike innocence and and peaceful hearts and it's like that's just phenomenal to be able to think about putting ourselves in that position how how would it be to have small children any children or just ourselves <laughs> trying to get across out of harm's way with a war um so there's so there's a A place in there where dream work helps us to really imagine being someone else. If I listen to someone's dream and fully see it and feel it in in my own uh, mind's imagination um, and then enter it with with the sense of thing in my imagined version of this dream and then ask all the questions in the eye. So in other words, if you told me a dream about driving in a car, wearing a beautiful dress, I'd say, well, what color is my dress? (laughs) <laughs> what, 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 what type of car am I driving? You know, and, and then that way I really feel like I am the dreamer
0: because if oh, I go, you, that's good.
1: if I that's say, good. so what is your dress? What, what does your dress look like? See, I immediately have switched it around to not being me. Mm. But if I say, what does my dress look like? And, and what, you know, what car am I driving right now? Then it feels, it feels as though I'm still in the dream.
0: Oh Yeah, that's good. That's so special and important. And it feels like what you just touched on is, is part of what's what's so exciting about this work and about your work and Jeremy Taylor's work and you being kind of the one to keep his work fresh and going and like the continuum of the work is, I think if we can, I I keep envisioning human 2.0 is like who we're capable of being is exactly what you just described. People who can put each other in each other's moccasins and walk 20 miles and, and really understand each other. And I think that's, if nothing else, I think dreams are a conductor of that aspect and dream work. It's not just our dreams, but the being able to talk to somebody about it in this space, it helps us to be able to keep putting ourselves in each other's shoes. What were you about to say?
1: Well, no, I, it, I, would, I was letting you finish because it brought up a whole lot of things for me because, yeah. um, of course, because it's what I do all the time. It, it's There's this feeling of, um, I, I believe that um, our dreams are very difficult to understand because they're meant to be shared with other people. In other words.
0: Nice. <laughs> gonna, yeah, I I'm agree. Gonna,
1: one layer with my dreams and i'm going to be able to figure out a whole lot that's going to be really important and and that's that's very powerful but to get to the absolute depth of it i really need to share it with other people and so that they you know it's like marie louise von france one of my absolute heroes um old Jungian wrote a lot of books about dreams and symbolism um she always said you can't see the back of your own head And I think that's one of the things that helps me to understand um, why dreams are difficult to to grasp on our own.
0: Yeah, makes the case for dream work to bring it to other people. I love that. That's so good. So good. Um, Okay. I want to keep going, even though I've got so many other things we could unpack. On a parallel dream plane, we're talking about all manner of things. But let's go to the sixth tool right. in the, the toolkit. The sixth and the final piece here. Sixth and final piece.
1: That all dream group participants, and this is about th- basically as a moderator and a facilitator of dream groups, it's, it's about building a very safe container for everyone. Um, so all dream group participants should agree at the outset to maintain an, an anonymity in all discussions of dream work and in the absence of any specific request for confidentiality, group members should be free to discuss their experiences openly and outside the group, provided that they don't specifically identify the dreamer. And then the last bit is that that sometimes people request strict confidentiality. In other words, I'm going to share some stuff about my family. Or I'm going to share some stuff about my work experience, and I don't wish it to leave this room. And so we respect that. And we respect that, um, that people you know dream work brings up things that are from the unconscious that we may not know exactly what we're sharing so so we have to be able to to feel safe and in the environment of of dream sharing
0: Mm, that's so important that that safe container so that so much can be revealed and i think sometimes we as dream workers will share about a dream, like you just said, oh, somebody who said, oh, this is, I had the dream about the storm and I'm depressed. So that might have been a, an actual person in an actual dream group, but there's no mention of that person's name or any identify, identifying characteristics, but we can, and we can bring it into our own experience Like so that if this were my dream or, and so that we're not violating anybody, which again, adds to the, the notion of this being really empowering work and and I think these six hints at these six tools in the in the toolkit are so important what a wonderful and elegant frame for how to work with dreams whether whether you're somebody who wants to start your own dream group whether you want to just have a one-on-one sharing or whether you're seasoned I think this is a really really valuable gift that you've just given us and thank you and we nod okay. to you Jeremy Taylor as well through through Billy Ortiz. So, speaking of um, this work, let's do a little, a little example, a little. Let's okay. let's do something that people that are watching and or listening can experience for themselves. So, how could we do that?
1: Well, if you'd like to share a little bit of a dream, I'd love to hear it, and maybe just a, a snippet or something or a, a snippet. Theme. Or, or a theme or a a, sim, a specific symbol, something that you want, wish to look into.
0: Two that are kind of competing and they're both very short. Um, I think the one that I'll share just because it's so, st- not, not that strange, but it's just been kind of like, Di-di-di-di-di. so this is just like one tiny little thing. Uh-huh. It was bananas. <laughs> it was like a, a bunch of bananas oh. wrapped with spirit with fairy lights. And it was on my, on my kitchen table and it was beautiful. It was like this centerpiece with lights and it happened to be bananas. And I normally I'm not a banana person. I don't normally buy them, but because of that dream, that was a few days ago when I went to the store after that, I bought bananas and I actually oh. had some in my oatmeal today. And I thought, Oh, these are really good. <laughs> I should have more <laughs> bananas. Okay. There you go. What do we do? <laughs> yes i'll have no bananas
1: <laughs> that's good well when you first said it's bananas it's bananas i thought oh the, the dream symbol is crazy that's what i thought like I thought. I thought like oh this is, a,
0: this is a really <laughs> like impressive. the glenn stefani glenn stefani the uh, is bananas b-a-n-a-n-a-s okay <laughs> it's bringing up my I little know, hip-hop like side
1: describing something like bananas um so the fairy, what are, are there, so I'll just ask a few questions. Are there any, uh, is there any li- color to the lights or are they white or blue or what color?
0: They're just white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just kind of reflecting the, the yellow of the bananas. Seems. And
1: what is my thought when I see the, the, as the dreamer, what is my thought when I see the bananas with the fairy lights?
0: It's like a, oh, oh, that's so pretty. It's so, oh, like kind of magical special right.
1: magical okay
0: exciting exciting
1: huh? and now it is is a bowl of bananas <laughs> that that's has some... all it is with sparkly little fairy lights
0: inter interwoven
1: <laughs> oh, the fairy lights seem so any associations with fairy lights in your life
0: yeah I, if you came to my house, you'd be like, okay, there's a lot of fairy lights, but I don't put fairy lights around my food. Um, uh-huh. But, and I live down the street from a place called the Inn of the Seventh Ray in Topanga. And it's just, it's people come from, it's a destination. People come from all over to be at this place.
1: And as the dreamer, why do I, why do I put so many fairy lights around? What, what's the reason for that?
0: I just think it adds a dimension of magic and, and it used to be at Christmas, I would be after Christmas would be over, I would be so sad to take down all the decorations and the lights. And then I realized, oh, but if I keep them kind of a neutral color, I can keep them up all year long. And I'm not, you know, just it's like bad feng shui to keep Christmas decorations up past New Year's. So I can get away with having my fairy lights everywhere. (laughs) Keep the magic all year long.
1: So, yeah, I keep hearing this dimension of magic. So in my version of the dream, just really quickly, I I would say um, the bananas wrapped in the fairy lights and I feel like, oh, wow, this is so special. It's so pretty. Something about adding that magic and, and joy to just everyday activity and and I as Kelly I can imagine that I already probably do that in a lot of ways because if I love fairy lights as much as I say then, <laughs> then that then it's I've already got a, na- a piece of that but the bananas aren't something that I normally buy so that would be something that I would say this this is inviting me to 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 try something new to try something different and I did and as the dreamer I had bananas in my oatmeal today
0: right <laughs> there's also this this element that just popped in from, I used to run track. I'm a runner. I run almost every day um, still, but in, back in high school, when I competed as a runner, I used to get these horrible cramps in the middle of the night. And I would have nightmares that I was being attacked. And it would be when these these cramps in my in my thighs or in my calves would happen. I would imagine that people were stabbing me and would, they would oh. wake me up. I'd wake up screaming. And I was told that I was potassium deficient and that I should eat a lot of bananas. So back then I used to eat a lot of bananas and I kind of got sick of them. So I haven't had them so much lately. So I think there might be some health aspect to this dream, kind of maybe if bringing my attention to it to prevent um, Mm -hmm. some cramps or things like that.
1: Look, well, that's right. I Billy got a, certainly a big aha with that. I know those um, leg cramps. I've had them, and it's it's. I'm not a runner, <laughs> but by any means. But but I but I have had many leg cramps, and and one of
0: my oh, friends
1: recommended um, that Smart Water, you know, so that oh to, the Smart Water helps with that
0: too. Oh, that's interesting. That. It's funny because I had when I was young. Um, I was at a Girl Scout camp overnight. And this was when I was, I don't know, maybe ten or eleven. And I'd been jogging, you know, running since I was very little. My dad was my coach, and he'd get me out of bed early. <laughs> Come on. he'd the bugle and, you know, (laughs) the whole thing. And in the middle of the night at this slumber party, I woke up screaming with this cramp and it woke up the whole, I don't know how many girls there were. There was maybe 50 in this and everybody was circled around me like, what's happening to Kelly? Oh my God. And I was completely asleep. And then when the cramp went away, I just fell back asleep and everybody, Mm. you know, in the next morning, everyone was like, what the hell was that? So that was... Definitely a shared dream experience that I didn't have the tools to be able to work with people, and have it calm down. Anyway, I just thought I'd share. Well, that.
1: that's no, that's a very. I mean, thank you. I, I love the stories that come, that come out of the dream work because it helps to understand the symbols even more. Because we could say, "Oh, this is some silly little dream about bananas." And it life. seemed
0: kind of silly, like it didn't. Feel like there was gravitas connected to it, but now that we're talking about it as it is the way, it feels right. more important.
1: And see, and with these dramatic shouting out in the middle of the night, screaming from the from the the leg cramps, the bananas become even a deeper symbol for me, as Kelly, because because it it reminds me of a time when I was in great pain,
0: mm. and this was,
1: and this was this was the remedy for the pain.
0: Bam, aha moment. That's great. Okay. You're good, Billy. You should do this. You should really do this. Oh, I feel so good. I'm covered with goosebumps. Wow. I, I love this. Thank you so much for illuminating this dream and giving people a sense of how you work with dreams and the way that you inquire and the way that you put yourself in that position. It's your dream, and how do I feel about the bananas? How do I feel about fairy lights? And and the languaging is is definitely a little strange. Like because I think most people, it's like wait, but it's your dream. It's not my dream. It's uh, but I think it's worth getting used to the strangeness of of referring to another person's dream as my dream because it is ultimately it is. So as we come to wrap this, which I, on a parallel plane, I never want it to wrap. I want to keep talking to you, Billy. And I've had the blessing of being in your presence. And I'm looking forward now that COVID is kind of wrapping up. So I hope that I'll be able to work with you again, but do you I know you've got a special podcast and do you have a special offer? I wanna you to know, have a chance to tell people what what else you have available up your up your dream sleeve, so to speak.
1: Huh. Well, my we- my website is wakeuptoyourdreams.com.
0: Wakeuptoyourdreams.com. And- wakeuptoyourdreams.com. Mm-hmm.
1: And um I I offer um, several different uh, groups throughout the month, all via Zoom now. And which has been wonderful in a lot of ways because we get to connect people from all over the world. And I have, um, if you go to my website, you'll see that the the calendar. I've got a couple that meet in the afternoon and a couple that meet in the evening. And that's so that people that are in different time zones can join us, and people that are still working full time jobs can can join us. Um, and then also, I'm building a new podcast with my my dreamer friend and colleague, Dr. Royce Fitz. It's called the Healing Dreams Project, and we like to say the little tagline is exploring projective dream work for your health and wholeness.
0: Nice. And
1: we we have been recording some, and we've kind of put them in the library. for. We haven't released them yet. It's going to be one of these things where we want to get a few examples of um, dreamers and dream work and dream work uh, professionals, but we don't want to concentrate just specifically on dream work professionals. This is the biggest part that Royce and I have discuss, we want to talk to people just from the general public. So we actually set up a, a dream hotline, a phone number, because we want to hear the dream in your own voice. We don't want it written in by, by
0: email. Oh, that's great.
1: So we want to be able to take the samples of these voicemails and use it as some audio during the podcast, and then maybe discuss some of the symbols within. So um I'll just give the number really quick cuz even though we haven't released the podcast yet I, I invite people to call and we can maybe feature it in a, in a future episode 7205739195 7205739195 is the Healing Dreams Podcast hotline.
0: <laughs> oh I <laughs> and, love
1: that. <laughs> and you and it does take a little while for it, it there's several rings cuz it's a, like a rollover line but um and, Well, once you get there, you have about two and a half, three minutes to leave leave a message and and tell us your most burning dream symbol that you want to know about, the one that's just been bugging you so much.
0: Oh, that's so fantastic. I love it. And I just want to let everyone know who's watching um, that you can click on your screen to purchase premium access to the summit, which includes unlimited access to all of the summit sessions, transcripts, and also bonuses. So Make sure to check that out. And Billy, given all that we've talked about, this wonderful toolkit, these hints, these, and the work that you've done with Jeremy Taylor and now empowered to do in your own right and picking up where he left, left off and now you're in your own edge and now with your, your Healing Dreams podcast. Is there one last thought that you'd like to leave us with today about dreams? But how to make a change in our lives with our dreams.
1: Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention, which I forgot, yeah. is I yeah. also offer um a dream work training program. And Ooh. that's the Rocky Mountain Institute for Projective Dreamwork. And I'm going to be starting up another round of that soon. And I'll update it on the website.
0: And they can and, get all of that at your website, which is wakeuptoyourdreams.com. Correct. Excellent.
1: Uh, So the final word is that. Final,
0: final thought for the, to leave us, leave us with and inspire us.
1: Well, I just want to go back to that compassion piece. I think that this is, this is why I'm so dedicated to this work. And that's why I'm dedicated to teaching others how to, how to bring the the work to the world. Um, As we just experienced going through the, the projective method um, i was getting ahas along with uh, i could see your ahas as well and i imagine i truly can imagine it for myself um so if there's one final comment that it's the it's the title that i chose for this presentation this that inspiring compassion through the practice of projective dream art. <sighs>
0: That is so important. I mean, if we if we can do nothing else but expand our compassion and deepen our compassion, then we will all be better for it. And our dreams are a great way to do that. So, Billy Ortiz, you have been wonderful today. Thank you so much for being our speaker. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I so appreciate your work. And as we go forward from here, don't take your dreams lying down. Sweet dreams. <laughs>